still. The others, find them and tell them not to doubt. Even now, not to doubt. Tell them to keep their faith. They must keep faith. Welcome to the Defend Warren podcast here in downtown Warren, Ohio at the Sound United podcast studio. I'm here with a very special guest. I'm very excited to have you here today. Thank you. I'm breaking outside of my uh, mission statement with the podcast. This podcast is specific for city of Warren uh, residents and businesses uh, for various reasons. One is to promote local businesses, have them share their story, how they got started, you know, the whole nine yards uh, and capturing stories from residents and trying to capture that that part of history of Warren, Ohio. But you weren't born and raised in Warren, Ohio. In fact, you don't even live in Warren, Ohio. So I just want to set this up as there's a reason why I asked you to be on this this uh, podcast, because I think you have an amazing story. And I think there are a lot of kids out there who could benefit from your story. And I'm a big fan of stories of people who have endured and persevered and overcome. You know, we all get handed trials and what we do with those trials uh, will determine what our character is. And the the stories that you've shared with me are wonderful and amazing. And, and, and quite frankly, you should be very, I don't know, proud is a, can be a, a, a word that's misunderstood, but you've come a long way. So I want to dig into the story of Lexi. What, how do you pronounce your last name? Mager. Lexi Mager. Yes. So uh, let's start with where were you born? I was born in Russia. Uh, it was more towards Krasnodar. Russia was a little bit south um, by the Black Sea. I was originally from Ukraine, but they, um, when you are born and the parents sign off to put you in adoption, they take you to a couple places because they have to do like kind of te- some tests, especially when you're born different. They do a couple different tests on you to see if there's something wrong. And then they take you to the actual orphanage. So you were born in Russia. Was that when it was still on? Were you born in Ukraine, actually? In the country, right? That's what I was told. Okay. And, um, but like the papers I have, it has different cities and stuff. So I don't think they really know 100%. So I'm just going by what the papers were said and what some people have told, like my family have told me. Okay. So, so you were born, let's just say, in Russia. Yes, Russia. And you, your, uh, biological parents put you in an orphanage. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, and why? I just recently found out. So when my biological mother was pregnant and when she gave birth, she found out I have, um, I had a disability. And so she just felt like they could not have a daughter who has that. So they signed me off to an orphanage. What's your disability? Um, I personally don't think I have a disability. I don't either, but. But that's what they defined that in all the papers. um, You know, they defined that towards me and it's just my hands were different born I was born different with my hands um you know four fingers on one on my left and five on my right and no fingernails so but that never stopped me and I don't have a disability but that's what I was told right and that's why they ended up putting you in yes orphanage there they were a lot more um when a child is born different just anything one missing toe or you know if they're they had a sleepy eye or anything they define that as like there's something wrong with that child so let's the parents just give it away they want their daughters and sons to be perfect there and there you mean russia yeah russia and that's a that at that time was that that's a that was a pretty widely accepted or just every day this is what we do in russia my kids missing a toe i don't want them yeah yeah that's how it is and some parents today you know 
even if you know they had a child you know just with five fingers you know on um each hand five toes um they still gave it gave that child away because they just couldn't have that child it was an accident but when a child like i said is born different they just parents don't want that mm. they just look at that as the, they look at the child and they're like oh that child is um has a disability or is retarded or just anything. And so they just give it away. And it was a really rough time back then because there was just, um, especially where I was born, it was in one of the worst areas. And um, it was just very, uh, a very cruel area and people stole and they just had no empathy or just nothing there. So, so you were sent to the orphanage and lived there for how long? I lived there for... Um, Six years. Till you were six? Yeah. And do you have any memories of the orphanage at all? You don't have to go into all the oh, details, no. just whatever you're comfortable sharing. Um, I'm very open about it now. I used to be very like, I think because I was so upset with how I was treated, I just kept everything inside of me. But um, it was just an awful experience. I was bullied. I was um, physically and verbally abused. I was treated different. You know, I had, the, I remember a girl who had blue eyes and blonde hair, beautiful girl. She just bullied me from left to right. It was just awful. Like I remember everything. Um, like the one thing I remember is one of them trying to stuff my head into the toilet because mm. I was, I had one teacher who did favor me because she saw something in me. And so they didn't like that. They thought you don't deserve that because you're different. And that, that is just something like. You got I a guardian angel there. Yeah. And she always looked out for me. And um, so it was just, I was just treated different and everyone thought I should have, I should not be treated with love or respect because I was born different. And I just don't encourage that. Right. So at six, we'll move past the orphanage. Your adoptive parents came along. Yes. So this is the story. It's amazing. Um, my parents were not thinking about adopting, but they just wanted to look at videos. My mom, um, had four miscarriage and she lost her baby, so they couldn't have kids. My other siblings were adopted. So they were just like, oh, we're done. Like, but let's just watch the videos. Like there were just videos. And so they were watching the videos and, um, they're, you know, they in Russia get kids prepared, like make the girls dress pretty everything and they make them recite a poem or something beautiful on the video well there was like a five i think it was like a five minute pause in the video like it just after all the kids it was just done so my parents just left the video on and i came up and i wasn't even supposed to be on the video and somehow i was just there and i was reciting like a poem about a chicken or something and i was wearing ruggedy clothes you know holes in my pantyhose i just looked very skinny because i was malnutrition so it was just very um and when my mom was watching she knew in her heart she felt in her heart that's my daughter i want and she told my dad she's like you have to go back and get her because he's traveled to russia to get my other sister so he was like okay and he was it was a process that took two years because they did not believe my parents um one is someone who was born different. They really thought they were going to sell me to a black market, like um, to a market or something like where they cut up kids or I don't know what the exact terminology for that is. You just threw me a curveball. Yes. They real the, the orphanage thought that someone from, we'll just call it the black market. Yeah. Was going to come and get you mm-hmm. and do whatever. Yes. I don't want it. That's neither. That's not point of this podcast <laughs> but they really believe that yes they really believe and it. and if the, if if they believe that i'm willing to bet those things happened 
Yes. Okay. So we're not going to go down that rabbit yes. hole, okay? Um, but because I want to get to your mom and dad come and get you. Yes. And just if you can go back in your memory, what was that like? What was going through your head when you're a six-year-old little girl in Russia going through what you've gone through to that point and this couple yeah. comes along and says, we're going to take you home. We're going to take you with us. Um, as I, like as you asked that question, I'm thinking about it and I'm just almost like I can almost, I can see what I went through and it was... I was confused because I saw it was my dad who came, got me first, and he explained everything to me. And to me, and they had a translator too, and so they explained. And I was excited, like I had peace. I knew like I was going to be okay. And I was, I was closer to my mom because I was a little bit afraid of my dad because we didn't, I didn't have a guy like a man in my life. So, but it was the best feeling to know that I'm going to be loved, I'm going to be protected, and I'm not going to be treated differently. So they pick you up. And they take you back here. Yes. Yeah. He well, came. He flew. It took up. I think it took a week. And um, a week? Uh, he was in Russia for a week. There oh, were a okay. couple. I think there was a process going on. Like there were some things he had to do. And it was um, the the guys in uniforms there. Like it's stricter there. So, right. you know, when they see a guy with a little girl, they are like, what's going on? So, but, you know, we came home safe. It was, I, my dad said when I first when we first came, I said, America, I was so excited. So I'm, I was happy. I knew I had a happy feeling. So you go, they bring you into the home and I'm going to guess that your eyes just lit up. Yes. And um, you, because you, as you explained, you were very happy. Mm-hmm. They explained everything to me. They showed me everything. Um, they showed me the food because I wasn't fed properly. Well, how much English did you, were you able to speak at this point? None. They had to like, none. they had to. <laughs> Because they adopted my sister before me, so they knew what they were getting themselves into. So Did they, they speak any Russian? No. <laughs> so they, I think they had someone who helped a little bit. I think yeah. they did have someone come in. I remember a lady there, but they had to figure out everything on their own. And I did get right into tutoring. Like they put me right into tutoring, so I learned English. And I forced the Russian part, like the Russian um, language. language out. Yeah. So you clearly speak English. Yes. You don't speak any Russian. No, no sadly. I, mean, I, I wish know, I did. I know a couple of phrases, but that's about it. Hello, I only... my friend. That's about it. <laughs> I know maybe one or two words. My yeah. sister speaks fluently. I don't. Six years old. So uh, that's about first grade. Mm-hmm. The, when they brought you here, did you immediately enroll in school? How, how did they transition you from, okay, you're here in America, you don't speak any, any English, but we want you to go to our schools, which was where? It was Word of Life Christian Academy. It was um, in Warren. Uh, what they did was, like I said, when I first came, they put me through tutoring right away because they when the I, school did. Uh, or no, your parents? my parents okay. did. They had someone who helped my sister, so they hired her again, and she was wonderful. I mean, she was patient. She really helped me out. And then I had to take a test, I think, but I didn't go to first grade. They put held me back, and I started kindergarten. When I came to America, it was June of 1996, so school started. So from June to like. August, I think before school started, they had me learning and just figuring things out like the America style. So so you went into kindergarten. Yes. And then you don't speak English. Mm-mm. That's, I, I would think you picked up maybe in a couple months, a few words here. How did that initial initially was, go in school for you when you couldn't speak the language? I just remember being confused. Um, it was hard. It was very hard. I struggled. I I struggled. I just wanted to talk, even if it was in Russian. Like, I didn't want to listen to teachers. I was a social... You're a kid. Yeah. And I got distracted really easily by everything. So, it was very hard for me. Very hard to learn. 
I struggle. I remember struggling a lot. So just trying to learn the language. Yeah. What I, about culturally? I think I took it very easily. I think it was a very easy uh, transition. So. Okay. Yeah. So you, how long were you at Word of Life, Christian? I was there till fourth grade, and then I went to public school. Which is where? Champion. That's right. I keep thinking you went somewhere else, and I, I know you've told me Champion. <laughs> yeah, at, at Champion Middle School. Three or four times. Yeah. How'd that go? It was a huge, uh, it was definitely different. Because I'm sure Word of Life is a very small, or was a very small school. Yeah, and it was a, um, a Christian Academy school, so it was we were taught differently a little bit and the uh, the academics were a little bit harder, I I thought. And so then, you know, my parents felt like I needed to start young, going to public school to learn a little bit of a different culture of what's out there so that they didn't put me in like in high school and it would have been like a shock for me. So I'm thankful they did that. It was definitely very different because I'm used to going to school wearing uniforms. You know, we had to wake up, we had to like, when we go to school, I think we had to read a Bible verse and then you go into public school and it was just completely different from what I went through for four or five years. And how well did you adjust as far as uh, making friends at Champion? Very, I thought it was, it was easy. Good, um, it was, you know, some kids didn't understand why my hands were different. I remember a lot of them were staring, but I tried really, really hard not to get like, let that get to me and just kind of press on. But I'm a, I was always a social butterfly. I had no problem making friends. I remember when I first met you, I, obviously you see your hands. You don't hide them at all. I can't. No. Well, it's, you know, you, you don't. Not that I would. You, well, I mean, you're, you're very, you're, you don't, you don't, I, in your body language, you don't try to hide your hands at yeah. all. I always wondered what had happened. So I finally worked up the courage to ask is, you know, I don't want to be nosy, but I was curious. And I thought mm -hmm. by that time, you and I'd become good enough friends where I could say, hey, well, so what happened here? Yeah. Something else had sparked that conversation. Anyway, graduated from champion. Mm -hmm. champion. High school went fine. Everything was good. Yeah. Well, not necessarily, you know, um, movie perfect good. No. But I mean. I had my moments and it was a tough, you know, high school is never easy. You know, people looked at our family and thought we were a perfect family and we had a lot of things going on behind doors and um, it wasn't easy. You know, I was made fun of because I didn't do what other kids did and I stood my ground for that. And, um, and I wasn't afraid to tell them like, no, I don't do that. I just right. want to focus on school. I did socialize still a lot, but like it was, I had my moments. There are tough times, but you know, I think all kids have go through, even if you're the most popular kid in the school, you're still sure. going to go through a hard time. So I had my moments, but it was fine. Yeah. So you graduate from champion mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm going based off our previous conversation yeah. to break up the story a little bit. So let's talk about the next couple of years post-champion. So Did I you go to uh, college? I didn't go to college right away. Um, my parents really just encouraged me to find out who I was before I did that. Um, so I just didn't jump in and have all the debt. And so I worked three jobs uh, to support myself. And then eventually I went to Kent and I went into computer engineering for a little bit, but that's something that didn't interest me. So I dropped out and I worked still. I had two jobs. And then that throughout, like, I think I was like 23. That's when I realized I enjoy fitness and nutrition. And that's what caught my interest. And that's what I'm doing now. So, so for, since this is a, podcast and not a, a youtube video lexi's built like a rock strong as an ox too <laughs> very fit she's i've i've, I've watched from when you started to mm -hmm. where you are now and uh, you've definitely come a long way 
Uh, I want to kind of let's recapture or go back overall because the main message that I want to get out is your overcoming. Mm-hmm. We all have trials. We all have tribulations. We all have problems mm-hmm. to one degree or another. I want the message coming from you who came from where you came from, went through what you went through to get to where you are today of main, what, what do you think helped maintain your positive attitude just to keep going? I mean, you come from, you come from Russia, you come here, you learn new language and then you learn, you still learn to stand your ground mm-hmm. when kids want you to do something you didn't want to do, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You didn't give in to, the, to, to some of that peer pressure. So what do you believe helped you be a, a, an overcomer from those, from that background to where you could stand your ground to the, to where you are right today? Um, I am still learning that even at age, um, I'm just going to say 30. And it's been a very, um, it, I'm still learning. But one thing that I want to encourage everyone is you can't let other people define you. And that's what I, agree. Um, I, I did allow that to happen for a little bit. I had people telling me, you can't do fitness because of your hands. That's dangerous. It's going to hurt you. You're going to lose your arms, all this stuff. And I let that get to me a little bit. Then finally, when I got into it, I said, you know what? I'm not allow- allowing them to define me. I'm going to, I know who created me and I'm going to push through and I'm going to show people I can do everything, no matter what. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. And yes, my hands hurt sometimes lifting heavy stuff, but everything hurts when you lift yeah, heavy stuff. So um, I just, I had to, I have to constantly, that's my biggest thing is I have to tell myself, it's not people's words that are defining me. I have to not let that get to me. And, you know, I don't know what their agenda is, but like, I'm not going to let that, you know, bother me. I'm going to just remind myself why I'm doing this. And I'm doing this because I want to help people, let people know, because some people just feel like they can't do anything and you can do everything. You just have to put your mind to it. And that's what I had to do. Um, I'm not saying I ha- every day is like that. There's days I do, you know, um, put myself down, but then I have to pick myself back up because I don't want to sit around and be like, oh, I can't do that, you know, all day. You just have to. So I think my biggest encouragement is don't let other people define you no matter what. I have people criticize my English. Um, Still this day, they tell me I don't know what I'm saying. And there are times I do get things confused, but it's because I get nervous or, you know, um, I have a hard time putting words uh, together. And so, but you know what? I have to put that aside. Be like, you know what? I can do this. I am smart. I am, you know, and that's what I want to tell everyone. You have to like pretty much look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm here for a reason. I'm here to help someone for a reason. I don't know what it is, but I'm here for something and I'm going to help them. I'm going to not let other people's words affect me today or tomorrow for the rest of my life. I'm here to do something. And I really hope that I can, in my fitness industry, like me helping and as a personal trainer, just anything, I can help someone see that. And that's why I'm doing, I love what I do as a personal trainer, not just help them physically, but emotionally as well, because I went through it. So not letting people define you is huge. Yes. And it's hard. It's It's hard. Very hard. We're, you know, in society today, most people don't realize it. And if I say those things to someone, they'll get offended. They get mm-hmm. mad. Yeah. How do you know? How do you know? Okay. Well, societally speaking, is that even a word? Societally speaking. I'll make it up as I go along. <laughs> um, that, that's a problem. We, we let people define us and breaking free of that is hard. But when you do, you, you view the world differently. 
Oh, yes. Very much. And you view yourself differently. Mm -hmm. And then things start to change. Yeah, you see confidence in yourself. You learn so much about yourself that you didn't even know you had because you have people that could be toxic and pulling you away from what you could achieve, you know, and I had that. I had people who were so toxic and just, you know, attacked me all the time. And I I allowed that. I'm not saying like I just stood my ground all the time. I allowed that sometimes. I'm like, okay, they're right. And finally, I think at age 27, that's when I finally hit. I'm like, I cannot allow this to happen anymore. I am, I got to like, you know, when I'm out on my own, like I need to start not allowing people can criticize. They have their opinions. That's fine. But at the end of the day, I got to choose that. Like, do I want to listen to them or do I want to listen to what I know who I am, who created me, how far I've come to get to where I'm at. So I'm not going to let someone stop me. So, yeah. Uh, there's an, I th- I'm probably going to butcher this saying, but it's an African <laughs> proverb that says that when there's no enemy within the out- enemy from outside can do you no harm. Mm, I like that. And it, that's big. And that has a lot to do with not letting people define you. Yeah. And you've come a long way. I mean, I can't imagine it. I was born here, but I had two, both my parents and we lived in a nice middle class neighborhood and they both had steady jobs. Um, I had a great upbringing. So I, I don't know what you went through. I had my own things, but nothing like Mm-hmm. No, I mean, not even close, not yeah. even close. So uh, don't let people define you. Mm-hmm. How are you maintaining the that attitude? So I highly recommend everyone doing this because this has helped me over the years. And I've done this more now than ever. And I think this quarantine has definitely given me a different perspective on life too. I wake up every morning and for an hour I read something that's motivational. I read different authors, you know, just their perspective, what they went through. And um, like the book that you uh, told me about. Um, David yes, Goggins. That was an amazing book. And I, t- I tell everyone to read that book. And everyone I tell to read a book, I say it's the most important book you'll ever read second of the Bible. Yes. That book, <laughs> I can't, t- listen, I don't know David Goggins, but David Goggins, if you hear my podcast, you're invited on. <laughs> and he will. I yeah. feel like he might. <laughs> well, we'll see. I'm going to try and get that guy anyway. But that I can't. When I read that book, I look at myself. At, you remember the accountability mirror? Mm-hmm. I look at myself every day. And it's like, at the end of the day, I do a quick review in my head. What did I do? Didn't do what I needed. I could have did so much more. And when you start thinking about those things, that's when things start to change. And, and, and change, here's the thing about change. We look at change, not we, sometimes people, most of the time I look at change as a destination. Mm-hmm. There's no destination. It's constant. Because mm-hmm. when you reach one mountain peak, you look up and you're like, oh, there's the next one. Then you hit that one. Oh, there's the next one. It never ends. Continual growth. And whatever that means for you, maybe it's fitness your spiritual life, whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. For me, it should be fitness, but <laughs> change is slow. No, but I mean, it is. And and you, you have to be persistent. You have to just, okay, you know what? There might be a week where you're just like, I did nothing. Okay, that's fine. Put it away. Start over. I can't tell you how many start overs I've had <laughs> in the past five, six years for me personally. But yeah. no one wants to hear my story. We're here to that's listen okay. to you. It's so, okay. So you're you're a personal trainer now, yes. correct? Yes. Tell me about that. You and you've done some competitions, some uh, fitness comp. Uh, what is the official title? I know there's female bodybuilding, but that's not what you do, correct? I, no, I don't do the female. That's 
um, like a high like level. Um, I did the figure competition. Um, there's like a bikini figure and then there's like two more above it. So I did the figure, but like to get further into the competition, they you pretty much have to take things in order to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I just didn't agree with that. That's just my personal opinion. I'm not telling anyone else to change that. But so I, um, I did that and I'm still think considered definitely doing another competition. It's just the timing hasn't been right. Um, so, and when I started doing the competition, that's when I realized it was like around 23. I wanted to be a personal trainer. I worked at a health food store and I loved helping people, encouraging people, um, and reading a lot about, you know, nutrition, you know, vitamins, whatever. So, and that's when I decided, I'm like, you know, this has helped me find out who I am as a person because it challenged me so much. I want to be able to help people. And so I um, went to Florida not too long ago, I think two years ago, I could be wrong, but, and I went to a personal training school, which was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Actually, it was a very intense, like 45 hours a week of school like for four months it was pretty much four-year degree put into four months it was just everything put together it was very tough but it was rewarding i look back and i'm like wow i did that you said uh challenging how did that help you facing these challenges i tend to um so like i hate taking tests to me that's a challenge me too test and i get afraid i like this big fear comes up because when i read things like i know my information but when i read the questions i freeze up and i don't know anything so i had to overcome the challenge of okay lexi like you're smart you know your stuff you need to push through don't contradict yourself don't talk yourself down don't let other people because i used to have people telling me like i said you can't do anything like they were defining my ability and i didn't you know, sometimes like that fear gets to you. So I just had to look at myself in the mirror like David Goggins did. And you have to kind of like affirm yourself. You got to just remind yourself how far you've come. You're talented. You have all this ability. You can do it. So that was a challenge. I think that was the biggest challenge was testing because it was once a week we had an exam and a test, a test and exam. I think there's two different kinds. And so it was very hard. I, I think there was one time I just cried all week. I'm like, oh, my God, why are you doing this to me? Doing it to yourself. <laughs> yes. I asked for it. So yeah. I put myself, you know, I'm the one who put myself into school, which I'm thankful for. It was hard. It was so, so hard, but it was worth it. So you finished and you came back. Um, I finished. I lived there for like a little bit. I gave it a try. Things didn't work out. It was a little bit difficult. Um, and then I had a huge offer in South Carolina. So I went there and let's just say it didn't go well there either. I, um, was pretty much lied to. So I moved back to Ohio and I'm here. Um, and I am, I have, you know, clients I'm helping as much as I can and I love what I'm doing. You got a great story. Thank you. I just hope it touches someone because, you know, we all go through ups and downs. We really do. So, well, you know, the challenges, the struggles, those can define someone. They can either define you in a negative way, Mm -hmm. or in your case, it can define you in a positive way. And the other thing that when you're going through changes, it's hard for people who have known you for a long time to A, accept those changes Mm -hmm. and B, see them because they're used to seeing you as Lexi is a senior at champion. They're not used to seeing Lexi now who went through that personal training school in Florida. Yeah. 
and who's done fitness competitions. I want to let's touch base on that because I don't think there's going to be some people who listen who probably understand what what it takes to get to the point where you can actually be competitive in the figure show or even even for bodybuilders from the training regiment to the diet to everything. What's that like? Well, um, it's, in, it's like going to school. You're learning something new, what your body accepts, what it doesn't. Um, it takes sacrifice because you have to tell your family, like, I can't eat that. And that's just like, that breaks their heart. Talk, dig deep into the, the aspect of sacrifice to achieve the goals or just in your example, in your case, to do one of the fitness shows. I think the sacrifice for me was definitely, um, I think mainly is my hands. That was the biggest sacrifice because there was a lot of things I couldn't do what I like. I know I could, but like back then I was a little hard on myself because, you know, everyone looked great and everyone put so much effort. And so there's times I felt like the way that they were formed, I couldn't do certain workouts. So that to me, I had to like sacrifice my mindset and I had to sacrifice like not allowing that neg- negativity like, get to me because I did allow that. Um, waking up every morning, I think I woke up like at 5 a.m. and I would do cardio even when I didn't. And I had two jobs too. So like just like pushing through that when I had no energy and I did cardio twice a day. I think I might have gone a little bit overboard with it, but it was my first show. I wanted to do great. So, um, but I think the biggest sacrifice was my hands for sure. Um, because I, you know, it was a little bit different. I had to do some different training compared to other people. So diet wise, diet wise, it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be because the trainer I had, she was amazing. Um, she didn't cut my carbs, so I was able to eat, but I think it was eating every two hours was different for me. And I, the whole like counting calories was like, just not what I liked doing. I had to send it to her every week and that to me I felt like that was too much work but it I mean she needed to see that to see why my body was changing so but um the diet wasn't too hard I thought it would be like I think on the show she said I could have a muffin so I was very happy about that and pizza so I that's what I had day of the show you had pizza yes before Um, the competition yes it's that's just how she that's what she gave me because it makes your body look harder oh. putting all the carbs back in. My carbs weren't cut like where I was eating 10 grams every day overall. It was just, um, it just was like a, a little bit, the more you put it in, like the carbs in your, some people's bodies react to like them looking harder and stronger. So that's what she was trying to do. Didn't know that. Yeah. Good, good and that's something I'm learning too while I'm doing nutrition certification. So you're in the process of doing it. Yes. I'm working on that. It's very, very difficult. And um, I'm working on pre and postnatal pregnancy as well, getting certified in that. Can you explain that a little bit? It's just when moms have babies, they have a hard time getting themselves back. And Mm -hmm. so there's like, um, there's just different processes of just learning how to, as trainer, to show them what they can do. Exercise-wise. Yeah, exercise, how to get, get themselves back in shape. But it's a slow process. Like all moms can't just jump right in. They have to you know, you take nine months off. So, and also you can work out while you're pregnant, but you have to be safe. So that's what the certification is teaching me, how I can train my clients to be safe. While pregnant. While pregnant. Yes. <laughs> and lifting weights. So to, to, to do your first competition, you're waking up at 5 a.m. You're doing cardio twice a day. They, they still call it split sessions. 
once yes. in the morning and once at yes, night. Yes, yeah. I did a lot of that. I don't know how I had all the energy and time because now I'm just like, that sounds exhausting to me. It is exhausting. Then and it didn't. Did I just done. did it. I don't. And I think like, I know if I did, I think if I get myself back into the competition mode, I could do it. But because I'm not doing it, I'm just like, that's too much work for me. <laughs> You're focused on other things, right? Yeah. Now. I'm trying to get a little certified. I am continuing to educate myself more so I can help people. So that's right now my focus. Diet, super strict? It's still strict. It's always going to be strict. Strict. I don't think until you watch when this girl <laughs> eats, you're like, how are you doing that? It's chicken and broccoli. And yes. who doesn't like chicken? I don't like broccoli. I ain't eating it. Yeah. I don't care. Nothing's you worth broccoli to me. You have to crave it to like no. it. I don't, I have my moments where I just, when I crave it, I'm like, okay, I'll have it. But yeah, every day now. It's a running joke in my family. <laughs> don't even bring it around me. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> um, but my wife um, makes this... Um, well, it's her mom's recipe, I think, this uh, broccoli salad. And you don't really taste the broccoli, and it's really good. Mm. It's really good. But that's neither. Uh, so you strict diet, lots of cardio. I'm sure you're really focused on you got a date, you got a certain goal you got to reach by, body fat percentage. You're trying to look a certain way. Yeah. That's not easy, is it? No, it is not. Especially when, you know, sometimes when you're going super, super hard towards your goals, your body doesn't react at the end the way you want it to and then you have to change things up and um i think my last show i wasn't very happy with how i looked i don't i i know i didn't give it my all because i had a lot of personal stuff going on and so it you have to be committed like you have to give it your all like you even if something's going on you have to just push through and i did it and i know like I even told my coach, was like, don't post any pictures of me. And she didn't. Like, there's no pictures of me in my last show because I was so disappointed with mm. the outcome and I didn't give it my all. And so I just, like, it taught me, you know, like, it definitely taught me, like, don't put a lot on your plate. Take things, little baby steps on, like, you know, take it one thing after another. And I just did, I had so much happening and I just tried to handle it all at once. So, well, yeah. now you have something for your cookie jar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. Yes, I did it. So. The sacrifice, yeah. everything, and you did it. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, another, that's what I want to get a point across on this show is you, you, you said, I'm going to do this. I don't care what someone perceives my handicap to be. Mm -hmm. I've come from a, not the best background, at least up until age six, it definitely wasn't. After that, raised in a, with a good family and parents mm -hmm. who loved you. So that uh, clearly helped. Come through all of that, you decide you're going to be, do this competition, the sacrifice, the determination, all those things, and then they're not letting people define you. Yeah, you can't let the disability, you can't let anything define you because I truly believe people can overcome and do things. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you have, what health issue, whatever, you can overcome it. It's just the- It's a mindset. It's a mindset. You got to wake up one day and be like, okay, I can do this. But if you're not ready- baby steps it takes take a five minute of reading something positive to get yourself going and write or and take another five minutes five minutes put a plan write a goal and that's what i've been doing and it's helped so it, you can't do you journal do you I journal, do journal. Those yes yeah. i do and it's helped i used to never do it but now i do um so people i think sometimes assume like you have to get everything done or when you have a lot of stuff like you know, with my hands, I just felt like I had to prove to people like I can do this, which I still feel like I do sometimes, but I just have to remind myself, like, I just, I know I can do this. I, people, I, I don't know how I'm saying, how to say this, but like, 
I don't have to prove to them because I know in my heart I can do this. That's it. You don't need to prove anything yeah. to anybody. You, you just need to worry about and prove I did it to do yourself. That. And I did do that for a while. You know, I wanted to prove people like, look, I can do this because of what you told me I couldn't. And it was probably not the best attitude because I had a little attitude about it because it was like. Sometimes you have to. And then I'm just like, why? You know, like, you know, I know I'm talented. I know I can do things. And we just have to like, it's not me bragging or being cocky. Like you just have to be positive about yourself. You know, we have so much going on. We, you know, this, we just, we can beat ourselves down. Aside from what's gone on recently, the world is just filled with negativity. It is. All the news. Why does negative, this is a rhetorical question, Mm -hmm. but why does negative news sell? People, it's our nature is just to, our life is like watching a a wreck on the freeway. We all want to stop and watch it. Yeah. And that's what we look at the news as like that. I'm like, you know, as long as it doesn't happen to us, you know what I mean? But we, and and so you, you have to, you have to do the opposite of whatever you're trying to fix. So if it's constant negativity, you have to look for positive things. You have yeah. to read positive things, books, podcasts, mm-hmm. that podcasts are the big, my big thing. I got a couple, two or three that I just am hooked into and fill your mind. And, you know, you, I don't know if you remember um, on Saturday Night Live, I think it, the character's name was Richard Smalley. I where he, I forget. I've watched the, too many, so I don't. The guy's not was a senator in Minnesota, and anyway, his character was this guy who would talk to himself. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough, and I can do it. And that just come across as cheesy. Well, in reality, it's actually accurate. Yeah. You have to start with that because you'll have so, so many people will tell you you can't do it. Yeah. Or they'll say that can't be done, and the reason they do that is because they're not going to try. So it's like a self fulfilling prophecy. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. You'll see. You'll see. You'll see. But when you do it, they never come up to you and say, I can't believe you did that. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. They, never. Never. They'll just stay in their world of that can never happen. And then when you ask them, are you going to do anything about it? No. Well, of course. Then therefore you have your answer. Mm-hmm. Self-fulfilling prophecy. So anyway, you've come a long way. Yes. So what's what's the future hold for you? Um, well, I am thinking about going back down south. Um, Boo. <laughs> I miss it. And there's just a lot of opportunity over there. And I love this area. I do. But I just, I realized more um, during this quarantine that this is not where I'm supposed to be right now. Sure. Um, so, you know, I'm just trying to figure out some things. Like I said, I had to like write out a plan, a goal. Now I just have to see, take it day by day and see where, what I can hit and, you know, get finished, finish that plan and goal. So. You had yeah. to, going back to when when you really started getting into your fitness, you automatically kind of get around other people who are doing that. Yeah. So outside of that, you would probably want to surround yourselves with people who would support you mm-hmm. in that. And that's very key too. Mm-hmm. You talked earlier, which is why I'm bringing this up. There were people who were just a negative drain on you. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to walk away from those people who are a negative drain. Mm-hmm. I mean, people would purposely come up to me and start talking about what they know about fitness like almost like try to challenge me (laughs) and nutrition i'm just like i'm my head i'm just i just listen you know i don't get in it i'm you know i'm like that's and i always say you know what that's your opinion thank you for sharing that and then that's it and they're like sometimes someone was like what you're not gonna say anything i'm like that's your opinion i have my own and i and which is not about to share it but like i'm not gonna i'm not here i don't mind i don't 
if you're purposely coming in to like have an argument with me, I'm not going to give you that satisfaction. So some people do that. Yeah, it's just but and you just have to like that's when you start realizing like what is their agenda? Like what are they trying to get out of this? Mm-hmm. Are they trying to make me look bad? Because some people I, I know some people have done that. Like they've like I said, they said, you know, you've never been in the highest academics in high school and all this stuff like you're not going to accomplish. You're not going to do anything. I mean, I've had people tell me that all the time. I'm just like, OK, like I just stop like you're wasting more of your time, you know, just trying to tell me that, which, yeah, it's just, you just have to like, like I said, not let it allow the words define you, whatever you're going through, define nothing. You just have to push through. It's interesting that you bring up the academics. Um, if we look at some of our, our wealthiest people, they're not college educated. Mm -hmm. And you look throughout modern history of all the self-made people who, came from nothing and made something of themselves. So, you know, it it just drives me bananas. You know, you got to have a PhD to blah, blah, blah. No, you don't. No. You don't even need a college. You don't need it. If you want it because you have a specialty, you know, look, if you're going to be a surgeon, you got to go to college. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you're going to, you know, have some specialty, for sure. But when people throw that out there, that's just, that's their insecurity. They're trying to project onto you. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm smart, so therefore you should listen to what I say. Yeah. Okay, that's cool, but I'm still going to do my thing. Yeah. Like you said earlier, you didn't let people define you. Yeah. And that was big. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? I mean, we still have a few more minutes if you want to um, share any more stories. I don't know. I mean, I just I just want people to know that everything is going to be okay. I don't know what everyone's going through right now. I know right now it's like a very hard time for all of us, but I think what's getting me through it is to be like, you know what? Um, it's, you know, everything is going to be okay. You got to kind of focus, like not focus on what's going. I mean, it's important to see what's going on, but not let it like affect you, like the, all the negativeness and whatever is going on. So you just have to be like, you know, I'm here to do something from like to help people. You know, how can I help people, mm-hmm. you know, push through this? It's very, very hard. Staying positive in negative times is hard. It is. Especially it's hard. through these trials. Yeah. And, you know, technology is so big now. So you know, there's ways to see the negative like, th- through those technologies now, like all the social media. I actually, and I highly recommend people doing this right now. I deactivated, um, I, Facebook will be probably my last one, but pretty much in uh, Snapchat, deactivated all my other social media, my Twitter, my Instagram. And it's been, I think those two, it's been two months and it has been the best two months um, because you're comparing yourself. And that's the other thing, like people are, you know, I'm not where I want to be, like, business-wise. You know, I want to help people, and I know I will. But there's, like, there's some things I have to work on myself before I really get my business going. Because there's some areas that, like, I'm so weak in, like, and I'm trying to, like, get better in. And there's a lot of self-growth that I'm working on right now. And so people, you know, they're like, oh, I just have, you know, there's just so much I have, go- you know, going on. Okay, take that time off social media for a little bit. Write down what you think you got to do and overcome that and that's what i mean it's been the best two months um not seeing anything going on i know what's going on but like not letting that affect me because there's i have other things i gotta focus on you know in my family and my friends so and helping my clients that's what i want to do right now i don't want to focus on what's going on so i really highly recommend anybody that's listening just take at least a month off start off with a month or start like 
not getting on social media after seven and just putting the phone away and just really reflect on your life and the, you think, you know, something good you've done and, you know, don't beat yourself down. If you didn't do something good, like just be like, okay, what could I have done better, you know, and not like something that's going to hurt myself. I don't know if that makes sense, but. What you mean? Yeah. So. Well, I'm glad you came on. Me too. Thank you for having me. I really hope someone, whoever listens to this, um, they really, you know, see that they're, everyone is talented. Everyone has a potential. Everyone, everyone, no one, we all make mistakes. We all, you know, you know, things happen, but you, we all have, you know, potential and everyone does. And you just got to find that and not allow that person, other people tell you who you know, you are. and Don't let people define you and don't fear failure. Yeah, don't. Like, be confident. Tell yourself, like you like you know, you said, Dave Coggins, you know, he looked, I, I know, I remember one of the chapters, I don't know which one it was, but he looked at the mirror a lot and he wrote those like notes down, what he can. The accountability over, mirror. Yeah, and use that. Be, you know, if you don't have people who are your accountability partners, whatever, use the mirror, look at yourself. And if you cry, it's okay to cry. You know, I, I think people are afraid to cry, and it's okay to let that out. And it's just, you have to, everyone's talent. Everyone has potential. Everyone has gifts they can use. Just find them. Don't let other people find them for you. That's just what I want to say. Well said. Yeah. I'm going to save that in a quote once I get this back. <laughs> I'm write it down and put it on a wall. Yes. <laughs> well, thank so, you again for coming on. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I hope whoever listens to this enjoys your story. I hope so too. And uh, maybe we'll have a round two in a year or two see where you are yes then. i'll be back i hope so <laughs> i mean i'll be here for a while but you know, good so good I'm probably glad. not gonna happen till fall so i'll be here yeah so. take off right when winter comes thanks that is <laughs> that's the I, plan i hope so i hate the cold <laughs> i really do thank so, you again lexi i appreciate welcome. it thank you for having me no problem so. defend more <laughs> <laughs>